Hey, Chris, welcome to the show. Nice to have you on today. Thanks, Donald. Pleasure to be here. I look forward to diving in and having a good chat. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Chris, yeah, why don't why don't we do just that? Um, why don't you give the audience a little bit of um, about your background? Sure. So I'll be brief. This is my 32nd year in real estate, so I don't want to <laughs> I'm gonna take three right. hours. Um, yeah, I started doing uh, new construction, what I call spot building on single family lots back in the 90s without using banks. Even back then, uh, we would build a house in the seller and all the subcontractors would wait for the money till our buyer got financing. So it was a unique way of doing it. I was in my 20s. I was naive and we pulled it off. Um, had a realty executives franchise after that, uh, meaning I put my broker hat on. I had never been a broker. And then I sold that to Cobalt Banker in 2000. And then I, from then all the way to the crash, I was coaching people throughout US and Canada, mostly in the realtor world and then doing my own investments. Uh, but the crash absolutely crippled me in every way. And we'll talk about that later. And what, what that made us do is transform the business uh, because we were signed personally on so many things coming out of the 08 crash. Uh, we redesigned the entire business and said, okay, what are we going to do here? So this doesn't happen again. And we entered into very aggressively the creative uh, real estate space, creative financing, which means we don't use banks. We do not sign personally. We do not take out loans. And so we're buying properties all over the country, controlling, oh gosh, maybe a hundred million in real estate right now with, between us and students. And we don't use any bank loans. So far different from pre-crash, but that's what got us to today. So today we buy and sell using those techniques, uh, we being the family business. And then we also take that out to our, what we call our wicked smart community. And we teach and do deals with them. So they learn in the trenches with us. Um, that's where we are today. Okay. So yeah, speaking on that, talking about the 08 crash and um, comparing it to navigating what's going on in the market today. Can you um, touch on Touch on market conditions now and how to handle the next up and down. Yeah, I think this is the biggest. Yeah, this is the biggest topic now, right? Because you got the yeah. media screaming, you know, crash, crash, crash. That's all they're doing. And and frankly, just so everybody knows, I don't care if you're new or you're not even in real estate yet. When the media is doing that, it should be a big, big sign that neon flashing sign that says do the opposite because they don't know. The billionaires don't know. Don't let anyone tell you that, that they know what's going on. What I do know is this far as how to do the, operate right now. the There's one constant in real estate I think everybody would agree with, and that is that it changes constantly. That That's a fact. So don't try to time, don't try to geographically time, don't try to do that. Just get really good at pivoting no matter what the market does, and you do that inside the creative real estate space. You're, just, you're buying real estate constantly. It's how are you buying and who are you speaking with depending on what the market's doing. You can operate in every market. You can thrive in every market. Not just operate. Okay, so and talk about talk about how you guys are um, how, how you switched it up and um, you don't take bank loans. How, how, how do you how do you how do you finance your properties or how do you how do you get those those yeah. deals done? So just for some context, that came about Donald because I coming out of the crash, literally my credit went from you know pristine to in the toilet, and I wasn't bankable and I had no cash left. I literally dumped everything I could to try to save everything. So. How we do it is we tie up properties and or buy properties and control them via lease purchase, only three ways, lease purchase, owner financing, or subject to existing financing. Those are the only three ways we buy. And all of those require zero to tiny <coughs> capital so that you don't have to put yourself out there and sign personally. Bless you. 
Thanks. All right. So can you touch on each of those a little for, for the um, audience who aren't familiar with those terms? Yeah. So I'll be brief and then you can kind of, I'll give 10,000 foot view. And if you want me to go back to any piece, just tell me. Um, okay. The lease purchase is my least favorite, but the easiest to do as a brand new investor, because all it is, is a document that is a lease purchase document that allows you to control a property in the deposit we have built into our agreements, which are all available through our platform is literally $10, $10 to control that piece of property. And you're going to do what with that property with the seller? You're going to take over their underlying mortgage payment. Once you install what we call a tenant buyer, you're not going to cover that out of your pocket. It's going to be covered. And then you get, if there's any equity due to the seller, some don't have any equity, but if they did, they're going to get that equity and the payoff of their loan at the end of the term, let's call it three years for the sake of discussion. So a lease purchase agreement controls the property, gives you the right to go ahead and sublet that to your buyer who is looking for time to get qualified for mortgage. That's the lease purchase. You're just in the middle and you do control that with an equitable interest <coughs> to secure your interest. The only state you can't do that in is what we call a sandwich is Texas. You will okay. take advantage of the other two ways. The other two ways are owner financing. Owner financing for us, this can be done many ways, Donald, but for us, we seek out free and clear properties, no mortgages. The building I'm sitting in now, I'm in a makeshift office because as I told you, we had a flood here, but the building I'm sitting in now was bought with owner financing. It was a gentleman who was free and clear, no mortgage on it. And he wanted, not that I had to convince anything, he want anybody, he wanted owner financing. So we structured monthly principal only payments. Picture that you buy a house or you buy, in this case, an office building and you make monthly payments that are all going to principal. Do you really care if you got a long enough term? what the market does for cycles. No, you don't. That's why I said earlier, who cares what the market does if you buy right and buy long enough? This, this deal, for example, is a 20-year deal. I don't care what the market does next week or next month or next year. So that's owner financing. That You're going to pay the owner monthly for the property with some balloon date in the future. This happens to be 20 years, but with a house, it might be four, five, 10, real typical. Um, the third way is subject to existing financing. This is particularly cool right now with rates going up and up, or at least up from a year ago, right? They're in the sixes yeah. probably now. So what happens is I'm going to buy a property. Let's say it's your home. The underlying loan stays in your name. You're the guarantor, not me. I bought the property and I now make payments uh, to that bank on your behalf, but I own the property. You stay on that loan until such time I cash it out. And the reason I said it's pretty cool in this market is this. You've got properties right now that we're acquiring with underlying interest rates, two, three, four percent. That's pretty neat with the rates in the sixes right now. So mm -hmm. that's why the, the subject two is particularly attractive right now. Okay. And when you're looking for those, when you're doing those types of deals, what types of buyers are most likely wanting to do those deals? Yeah. So anyway, we so the three ways that I just described that we buy. The buyers in all of those, without getting too advanced, are going to be what we call rent-to-own buyers. I call them tenant buyers. Now, big distinction between what we do and what too many educators do. We're going to set the buyers up to win. We're going to set the buyers up to get mortgage ready. We're going to set them up to cash this deal out. We default. We have a default rate. Or I'll turn it around. We have a success rate of anywhere between 98 and 90%. That's pretty strong compared to any type of loan vehicle. Whereas a lot of people who do this do it incorrectly and say, who cares if the buyer ever cashes out? Put them in the home and then we can put another buyer in the home. And this is what people teach publicly. 
we teach the complete opposite. We have a very stringent process that the buyers go through to make sure they do have a mortgage ready plan. And why do we still have a small default rate of say two to 10%? Because life happens, you know, death, divorce, COVID, stuff happens. But by and large, we're setting them up to, to win. So they're all going to be on a rent-to-own vehicle. And right now, Donald, I'll tell you, since COVID especially, you've got this massive, if you Google the stats on this, you've got a massive influx of entrepreneurship coming away from the J-O-B and starting their own business. And they had high salaries. Well, they need, they have credit, they have cash, and they have uh, a good track record. What they need is they need time because the bank's not going to finance them for two years. They need, they need what the bank calls seasoning. Those are great buyers for us. Other buyers need credit repair and other things, but those are great buyers right there. So I don't know if that hits your question. Sure, yeah, yeah, it does. And um, and to talk about real estate coaches, because you talk about um, what a lot of them are doing, what, what's the importance of experience in a real estate as a coach? Well, this is a scary one too. So if you if you look at some of the people out there teaching any, not just my niche, any niche in real estate, you have some people that are brand new, say post 2008 crash. You scary enough have some people that are even entered the coaching business after COVID, like just recently. Well, that's kind of scary because I can tell you, what do we, what do we open the show with? We open the show with this one constant real estate that it constantly changes. So it's important that you align yourself with, and, and I'm not the only one on the planet. So this isn't a biased comment. It, align yourself with someone that has been through at least a, if not two market cycles and other challenges that they've gone through. You know, for me, it's several cycles, three or four. It's the crash of 08. It's 9-11. It's my son's accident when he was in a coma after a ski accident and that caused pivots. Like these are things that students are going to have to go and experience. Why not be aligned with mentors, teachers, coaches, a community that can say to you, okay, if that happens, here's what you do next. That's so important. Uh, so you don't get yourself in trouble. Okay. And um, most of your students, I think, I mean, most of us here doing this, we, we're looking to have time freedom, money freedom, personal freedom. So what does it take to plan the escape from your full-time job in, in your experience? Yeah. So we do with strategy calls with people. Um, not everyone, but most do want to escape their W-2. We've been doing that for many years. So somebody will come into us. I'll, I'll use someone's example. Um, Mike. California, Fresno. He came to me in 17, I think it was February of 17, and said, Hey, Chris, I'm in the produce business, high pace selling, you know, train loads of, of produce uh, on the phone, and I'm 12 hour days, and I have a son coming, and I'd like to be home. So we set a 24 month plan. Our metrics are tracking everything is, we've got the history now in hindsight to say, Okay, Mike, are you willing to do these steps? Are you willing to make this many calls? Are you willing to do this, this, and this? And if you are, we think you can get there in 24 months. Well, we set that plan up and I think we were a little off. I think it took him like 27 or 29 months, but he was able to leave a very high paying W-2. And we've done that numerous times in the community. So the short answer is a strategy with accountability and metrics built in. And then you, the student's ability to, well, ability and openness to stay accountable to, to the coaching program and to do the actual work, right? I can't do the work for him, but I can set the plan for him and it's predictable. Okay. And are, are many of your students uh, transitioning to full-time investors and escaping their nine to fives? Yeah, many of them do. So the ones that want to and do what I just said, right, they, they want to do all that. Yes, they're, they're doing that. So our coaches, for example, we have uh, three or four certified coaches. They've all done that. 
So nobody coaches on our staff unless they've gone through what we call our associate program. That's where we rev share and do deals with students. Gone through that at the highest level and they were able to exit their W-2 if that's what they wanted to do. All of them did. So that's pretty cool. You, you, you align yourself with a coach no matter what you do with us who's already done that and they can show you the pathway. That's pretty neat. All right. And Chris, how do you how do you compare this type of real estate investing to flipping, rehabbing, wholesaling, or even renting apartments? Yeah. So I don't want to step on toes here. I, I as you know, have my own podcast and good friends are in all those niches. So this isn't meant to, to bash any yeah. particular niche. I do I them well. all still, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. So my, but the thing is this, when I came to the crash, that was about the 18 year mark or whatever in my career, I'm now 32 years in. But when I went through, I said, okay, coming out of that, aside from the banking issue and don't take out loans and all that, I said, how about we get off the sort of proverbial treadmill of doing a deal and getting paid, doing a deal and getting paid. That's transactional in hindsight, right? I don't have any complaints. It treated me really well, but I can tell you what's better. The new, sort of the new way I call it of doing real estate is getting paid three times per deal. We trademark this federally. We get paid three times every time we do a deal. We get upfront money. We get monthly cash flow. That's solved cash now, cash continuously. And then we get long-term cash out when the deal closes, when the, when the eventual tenant buyer gets their mortgage. Well, I don't care what business you're in, Donald, I think you'd agree, like you could own a restaurant. I just solved a major cash flow issue, now continuous and long-term cash in wealth. And so that's much, much better. Again, my wife and I will do an occasional rehab. I'll, you know, I'll do occasional short-term rent. I'll do things like that. But 98% of our deals are done with a three payday system because I don't want to be on the treadmill any longer. That's all. Okay. So and talking about that, your three payday system and having that trademark, can you explain what that means and how the three payday system works? Yeah. So you and I talked about how we acquire and we talked about how we exit. And when we exit with a tenant buyer, let's take that person that just left. They went through COVID and they said to heck with the job. They took their severance or their 401k and they left and they got cash. They also have good credit, but they need that two-year time frame so the bank sees what they call seasoning. Okay. Now, that, that tenant buyer is a buyer who needs time. So what does a buyer do when they buy? They put down a down payment. Okay. So they're going to put down a down payment. That's our payday number one. It's non-refundable. They are committing to buy the home. Just like if you went to a bank for financing and you put a down payment down and you bought that home, you're not walking away from it. And if you are, you're going to have a foreclosure on the end. So they're going to put a non-refundable down payment down. They're going to enter the home. They're going to pay us monthly uh, on a rent-to-home basis until such time they get their loan. Well, while they're doing that, we're paying the underlying debt or we're paying the seller, whatever the deal is, and they're paying us something more. And that delta we keep, that's payday two. Every month, every property. For us, that average is about $308 per property per month. Our students across the country are much higher, you know, different higher priced areas. And then the third payday is, at the end of this deal, two things happen. One is when they get their mortgage. One is we're going to cash the property out, sure. And we already marked it up at the very beginning. So there's a spread there, 20, 30 grand. But all throughout the term, so if it's three years, four years, five years, longer the better for this one, all that principal pay down that accumulated, that is going back to us. So we benefited from the, the payday three is going to be the cash out, up market price, plus all the principal pay down. Very strong. So I should put a number to this. Uh, the three paydays for us average around 75, 78 grand per deal, all three paydays. Across the country, we're seeing with students a low of 40, 45 grand in low priced areas, all the way up to $250,000, you know, Miami, Washington, California, higher priced areas. 
that's those are lucrative deals, right? So how many of those do, do people really need to do at that level of three paydays to, to leave their W-2? Not not a ton for, for most people. Okay. And um, so, yeah, that, that was my next question. So doing those, I'm, the average student, or I won't, most students, how, how many of those deals are they averaging monthly? Yeah, good question. It's across the board because I have some people that say, hey, teach me how to do two or three of those. I like my job. I might, I might be in a, we have several attorneys. So, so hey, I got to run my practice, but I want to do three, four, a handful of these a year because they're so lucrative. Great. Others come in, like I mentioned, Mike and the certified coaches, and they say, no, I want to do like 12 to 20 of these things per year. And I want to really make a business and a lifestyle out of this. So it just it runs the gamut. Uh, one a year to, to 25 a year is pretty, pretty much the gamut. Okay, so you don't have to be full time in this business to to do this this kind of program. No, 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 no. Okay. No, definitely not. You can, as we talked about earlier, make the transition, but you don't have to. Definitely not. Like the gentleman that's an attorney, one of them, and there's a doctor that who came to us after COVID. They're super busy. Like the the attorney does estate planning, and so I said to him, "You can exit it, but but don't rush because you have clients that you could serve on both ends that complement each other." So that's a great uh, example of someone that doesn't have to rush out of their job. He has a nice practice for law. Okay. And so, uh, Chris, I'm totally new to um to this. So, if you have someone totally new, what what does it mean to buy and sell real estate on terms? You probably are. You've touched on it a bit already. Yeah, we did. But that's a good tie in because my book is called Real Estate on Your Terms. And people would say, well, but they were talking about creative real estate that it just means creative real estate. The, the book says on your terms, meaning you get to structure the deal, right? You get to solve problems and structure a deal that works for both of you. Uh, and that's what on your terms means. Creative real estate. Creative OK. Finance. Yeah. And tell us a little bit more about your book, please. So we've got uh, four bestsellers. The, the the main one that does what we talk about here, like if you're new to real estate or you're in another niche and want to learn this, Real Estate on Your Terms would be the book. They can all get it for totally free. I'll give the link in a minute after I get done answering this. In the book, it, we walk through, okay, starting with what systems do we have set up to go ahead and generate the type of sellers that would want to talk to you? And then we talk about the systems that then are put in place to handle that, CRMs and things of that nature. And then we show deal structure even. So they're on YouTube as well. There's 200 of them out there. But in the book, we go through the logic and the numbers and how these three paydays actually look. And they're real case studies. Then you know They're deals from us and or students. In the book, you also will read about students that uh, we, we revised the book, revised edition during COVID. So they're fairly recent. And their student deals and student stories and how they made their transition. So it's basically everything we do, plus some others in the community that have done it as well. And that'll help you understand the basics. Now, you're not going to read the book and go make a million dollars, but you are, your mind is going to be open to what you can do. It's on Amazon, but you guys can get it for free just for listening to your show. Uh, just go to wickedsmartbooks.com, wickedsmartbooks.com forward slash dealmaker. And they'll get it free. Now, it's not one of those offers where you go free, and, but put a credit card in for shipping. This is free. You're going to get a hard copy book from our office here. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much. The readers will, listeners will love that. So what advice, I mean, you, you have a lot of students coming into, into your program. Um, what What's the first piece of or most important piece of advice that you would give someone coming into your program? Yeah, so sometimes people think I'm going to say something with with respect to skill sets here, right? It's really not. It's when you're new, 
The biggest challenge I think you'll have is managing your expectations only because all of the internet and all of the TV still, you have people, educators, you know, speakers um, saying to you, take my course and you'll be rich tomorrow. Take my course, you'll generate a million dollars next month. It's some of the ads are that blatant and they're just wrong. Real estate, not just our niche. Real estate is a great way of wealth builder. There's many really cool niches and I love them all, but it's not a get rich tomorrow. It's a get rich and create wealth long-term. So number one to answer that short, uh, to answer it more quickly is managing your expectations and then being coachable. And I know everyone comes into our program and says, yeah, I'll be coachable. They even fill out an application that says I'll be coachable. Um, but it's harder to do, right? When it, when it's not it's not comfortable all the time. And the last one is um, make sure you put the blinders on for three years. I always tell people three years. Does that mean it's going to take you three years to do a deal? No. In most niches, no. But if I know you committed to three years, when the speed bumps come and the challenges come and the and the sellers come with weird questions for you and all these things happen that you didn't expect, you won't give up. You're going to be with me for three years and you're going to create a phenomenal experience. Anything short of that, I can't guarantee the great experience, right? So that long answer to your short question. All right, excellent. And and let's talk about being coachable because I know you, I mean, you mentioned you have a lot of attorneys and doctors and a lot of highly educated, highly trained people coming in your program. So I mean, what does it mean to be coachable? Because I know you, you're dealing with a lot of people who have a lot of knowledge and a lot of technical skill sets that may think they already know everything and can't be told anything yeah. new. So talk about being coachable. I mean, being coachable a little. Yeah, you hit it on the head. And so I tell people this, and then I'll say what it means, but I tell people, wipe the whiteboard clean, like just wipe it clean. Um, and I'll give you a quick example right this second. We have a call tonight as of me and you talking on your show today. We have a call tonight to the brand new student. And the call is because he's three days in the program, three days in our program. He's had some success elsewhere. It doesn't matter what it is, but he's had some great success. But what he did in day three, believe it or not, this will kill you. He sent to his coach. So me and the coach and him are getting on the call today for a little bit of an eye opener. He sent to the coach all our scripts rewritten. Now, I've been doing this 32 years. We've done 700 plus creative real estate deals, but I just got my scripts rewritten from someone who's never done a deal before. That's not coachable. Coachable is put aside what you know. You might be phenomenal at, so for example, Paul, the estate attorney, or you might be phenomenal at running an uh, uh, intensive care unit like Teresa, the doctor. You might be great at those, but you don't know necessarily everything you need to know about creative. You got to put that aside what you know or think you know, and let us just show you the path for how long? Three years. After that, or after you've had some success, you tried something new, you had success, bring it. But until then, you got to be coachable and put the blinders on. All right. Excellent. Yeah. All right. So, Chris, how do you control 60 to $80 million of real estate with your with your community with little to money, no money down? And that's. Yeah, the, yeah. So it is those three vehicles. But let me this is good because I can get a little more specific. It's the lease purchase, the owner financing and the sub two. But I, I want to manage expectations here for disclosure, too. So. If you're doing the lease purchase, you can control a whole bunch of real estate for $10 a property, literally $10 a property. Brian in, in Illinois is one of our coaches now, but he came to us after 17 years selling elevators, new to real estate, only bought his own home ever. And his first eight deals were done on a lease purchase and he created over, I don't know, 800 something grand in three paydays. So that, that can be done. However, on the owner financing side and the sub two side, owner financing, we do no money down typically. 
Well, if I'm buying your home, Donald, no money down, and you're in a state that has transfer tax, most do, I can't expect you to come out of pocket to sell me your house. So I am going to have to put a little money down, right? So when we say no, it's none to little. And then on a sub two property, um, you might be current when I take when I buy your house, but you also, by nature of the subject to deal where people just want to be done with their property and sign it over, you might be behind a month or two as well. And so those deals sometimes need a little money. I'm talking a few thousand, not tens of thousands. So um, you do those through the three ways we buy and just know that they each have little caveats with them, except for the lease purchase. You won't have any money. All right. Very cool. All right. Excellent, Chris. All right. So, yeah, before before we hop off, I want to run you through a lightning round now. Let's get, I want sure. to get behind the curtains and see what makes you tick there. <laughs> okay. So, Chris, what book or books have greatly influenced your life? This changes all the time for me because it depends what stage I'm on. Uh, I'm at in life, but two that come to mind uh, just from our discussion today would be The Hard Things About the Hard Things. That's a really cool book. And then Michael Dell's brand new book. I, I read it like a year ago, but it's his newest book. I'm sorry I forget the title, but look it up by his name, Michael Dell. When, but um, Play Nice, something like that. I think I went yeah, yeah. last year it, well. That's it. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that was an excellent book. I, I think so as well. Yeah. All right. So how has a failure or perceived failure actually allowed you a greater success later? Oh, enormous. Um, the 2008 crash is why we exist today. So although you couldn't convince me during that, that, that you, if you said to me, Chris, this is going to be a good thing for you, I'd say you're nuts. But it is precisely why we're here, why we built what we built and why we transform lives literally all over North, uh, North America now. So I, I tell my students, when, when curveballs come your way, they might not be as big as mine from the OE crash, but when they come your way, welcome them and understand there's a reason for them and learn from them and get excited about that because you're learning and growing. Absolutely. All right. And if you could have a billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say? A deal board? A billboard, sorry. Billboard, sorry. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that's a good one. Uh, don't give up and no, let me finish it. Don't give up on yourself because most of this game, I think you'd agree is mental. I don't care what position yeah. you're in. It's mental. Yeah, absolutely. Don't give up on yourself. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. And, um, what have you become better at saying no to? Ah, this is good. Um, outside, outside demands that don't align with my moral, ethical, or business or personal goals uh it just maybe it's my age i don't know i turned 57 this month and i just i just don't want extra stuff coming out yeah me. yeah i think we are i mean so many types of deals coming your way it has to be some kind of way if it doesn't take you in the direction of your goals yeah why not why say yes to it right yeah deals people ideas um the news like uh, just they know it all that junk yeah all right, last one before we hop off. So what important truth do very few people agree with you on? One important truth. Oh, well, I'll go the business side of it. Um, that creative real estate can be done literally geographically anywhere and economically in any market, period. I'll get arguments on that. Uh, it, uh, and I'll go to bat for that forever. Yeah, I'd agree, especially with the type of deals you're doing. I think those um, those type of buyers can be found anywhere in any region across, I mean, even across the world. 
as long as yeah, and you can out, you can actually buy. You know, you and I could go out and buy a boat, a car, an office building, anything. We happen to teach mostly single family, but you can buy anything. It's been around since 1600s. This isn't new. All right, excellent. And Chris, so what, what's the, um, so again, what's the name of your class of people that people want to reach out and get in contact with you? What's the better way, best way to get in contact with you, find your class if they want to come? Well, out? yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you a free class. Uh, so the, the book, the free book package you'll get is just uh, wickedsmartbooks.com forward slash dealmaker. If you want a free class and you don't mind listening to me for another hour, it's free. Uh, just go to smartrealestatecoach.com forward slash master's class, and you'll get really a little bit more micro into what you and I just talked about for about 55 minutes, free. Okay, so yeah, we'll run those across the screen. And real quick, I didn't ask you this, but how, so once, um, how are you finding your coaches? Do most of your, a lot of your students go on to become coaches in your program? Yeah, it's the only way, as you can imagine, creative real estate is so detailed. It is. Once you learn it, it's great, but it's a, and it's a skill set you have a life. But they got to come through the program and they got to go through our highest level coaching. They got to make it to there eventually. And then they have to get through five deals and then they can be considered to be onboarded for a certified coach. Okay, got it, got it. All right, excellent. And um, any parting advice for um, anyone on the fence and thinking about jumping into your program or real estate as a whole? Yeah, I, I'm i not so naive to think that creative real estate is it. I, I think it is, right? But I, I understand there's other cool things out there. So three things real quick. One, pick a niche, if it's not creative, that you can get behind. Like when I say get behind, creative real estate tends to help a lot of people. Other mm -hmm. niches, if you just maybe, I've got a great friend who does great with land, but most of it's done on the computer. If you like that, great. Pick one that you like. Second, pick someone that like you and I talked about, Donald, that's been in the business and has gone through uh, market cycles and then also has a lifestyle you like that you that you could just grab onto their shirt tail and not look back for three years. And I say that because there's a lot of successful people that you and I know that mess their lives up, either their spouse or their kid, like it's a mess or their health. Don't, well, why would you want to follow that? And so that's two. Three is put the blinders up for three years, like I said. If you do that formula in any business, you'll have a great experience. That's it. Yeah. And I think that goes into stick with it, right? You put your blinders on. Yeah. There's so many distractions, so many bells and whistles out there. Just stick with the program and Spot on. stay with yeah. it. All right. Excellent. All right, Chris. So, yeah, this has been um, some great, great content, great, great information. I'm sure the um, audience will get a lot from it. Thanks so much for um, joining us today. Thank you. You're doing some great things. I appreciate you having me. All right. Thank you, sir. Talk to you again soon.